Hello, it's Felix, age 29, occupation, pre-registration specialist in a radiology business office at a hospital. Hobbies include hmm, competitive video gaming. I think we can reveal that this uh, this episode. And my favorite Disney Channel video game is Kim Possible 3, Team Possible. And that came out in 2005 for the Game Boy Advance. That was one of... Yeah, that, that this one is actually my favorite over... The, it, the, the other game came out for the DS. I think it was called Kim Possible Communicator. Communicator? But in Team Possible, in the GBA version, you were actually able to play Ron. And it was a really cool dynamic where like Ron can only reach certain places. So you got to switch. It was the first game you were able to play Ron. And uh, it was a pretty cool dynamic between the two. So, so was it called Kim Possible Team Possible? Jim, Team? Jim listen to me. Kim Possible 3... Colon, Team Possible. You team see? Possible. You see the no, genius I, between the name? I don't like that. It's too redundant. Jim. Anyway, what's up, guys? Jim, 29 years old, statistician and volunteer tutor. My hobbies recently, I've been getting back into DDR, which is pretty fun despite almost being 30. I, I can move a bit better than I thought I would ever be able to at this age, which is good. So congratulations to me. My favorite Disney-based video game. I'm gonna have to Disney go back. Channel. Disney, Disney Channel. Disney, hmm. Disney Channel. Disney oh, Channel video boy. game. Disney Channel video Did game. Did I stump you finally? Disney Channel video game. It's kind of limiting, isn't it? No, there's a lot. Wasn't there a Hannah Montana game for the there Game Boy? There were several. Okay. Oh boy, Disney Channel. I don't know. Did you never man. play any? I never played any. I played all the Disney games like Aladdin and Lion King for the Genesis. Okay. All right. I'll make it easier for you. Disney video game. Thank you. I played both of these games. My dentist office, shout out to Doc Bresler's Cavity Busters in Northeast Philly. <laughs> Cavity we, Busters. The, that's like, no, that's, that's what it was really, called. Is that really what? <laughs> that's, yep, that's what it was called. Doc Bresler's <laughs> Cavity Busters. He had one of these. It was a multi-cart for the Genesis so no. he had Sonic and Knuckles, Aladdin, what you had Echo Cavity the Dolphin? No, not not Echo the Dolphin. He had the Seven Up game that I think it was called Spot Goes to Hollywood, and he also had Aladdin. So I would get through the first level of Aladdin, and then they'd come back James, and then I would get my all my teeth pulled. Man, so none of the it was kind dental of offices I've okay. ever been had like any kind of video game thing. All we had were highlight magazines. Well, they had to give you something good to do before the horror that they inflicted on you yeah so true. so uh, you what did you uh end up picking now uh, let's go with aladdin uh, let's okay. go with aladdin right, lion I'll... king is a close second but i'll stick with aladdin okay my, my main right. man I'll, I'll i'll give it to you all that's, right that's past it, that passes cool you almost got me there <laughs> almost look inside japan's hottest reality show so come on in take off those shoes and let's get started you know we say this a lot felix but these three episodes there's a pretty decent amount of cool stuff that happened 
Yeah, that's why I really like our format that we ended up choosing and st- sticking with with the three episodes because it's a good chunk and I think we can get a lot out of just three episodes. A lot to discuss. It creates a bigger sense of unity because we can see because it's a story. So mm-hmm. it's sequential, things happen, and we're, when we're here to, to talk about those things. Yeah, definitely. So let's see. So we have episode 10 is the first one. Mm-hmm. So this one starts off, it starts off kind of boring. We see Minori doing some modeling stuff, and she's concerned about her walk. I don't really care much about how, this, to how be is honest that not... with you. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Wait, we're oh. starting, off... All right, <laughs> starting already, already going to like debate. But yeah. how is that boring? From the very beginning, I always said that what I really like about this show is that you get to see these people in their everyday lives and what they do. And this is what Minori does. And, like, I really think it's cool to see her trying out. And also, later, we find out her practicing and how hard she's actually working for, for like, this goal. It's not so much her. It's not immediately a reflection on her. I think it's just the whole modeling thing for me. It's just something I have no personal interest in. So watching that, even if it's someone who I'll tolerate, I don't like her. She's fine. There's nothing wrong with her. I'm neutral toward Minori in general. But I think modeling as a profession, I'm just, I don't really care much about. So that's why I I didn't find this part interesting in the slightest. Hmm, Fair enough. Yeah. So some of the comments were the show that she was walking for is the Girls Award Show. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a yearly modeling show in Japan. It seems like it attracts a lot of people. They were really talking it up, and she has a bit of a stiff walk that she was trying to work on, and we see her practice in that, as you said. Can I also state for the record that we've seen Minori practice more than we see Makoto practice for something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can. We can. It's, And it can't be that hard to go record a, a baseball practice. It really can They did can't. get a clip in the intro, but I it, there was nobody there. It was just him in the field. They're probably like, oh, crap, we don't have any footage of, of him playing baseball. So we'll just go to a random field and he can just throw balls at like a fence or something. And I can't see his team being too protective. It's not like they would be concerned about people stealing plays because in baseball, you don't have these plays like in other sports, like certain alignments in basketball or different lines in hockey. You pitch, you throw, you hit, and you catch. Mm-hmm. There aren't as many also, secrets. You be... have some sign stealing, but we're, that's very unlikely here. Also, it's good publicity for the university or the school that, you know, just having exposure especially on such a big outlet as television or this show. Right. So you would think they would welcome the camera crews. They can see what the baseball program is all about. It's just because he didn't practice because he's a piece of shit. All right. So Exactly. So, I mean, right. So at least she's doing something. So that's one up that she has on Makoto because he sucks. So then we have Minori then walks into the playroom where Makoto is practicing, right? He's like practicing his pitching. Like he's like stretching, right? And practicing a swing, right? Is that what he's doing in there? Yeah, his catcher is in there. He's going yeah, yeah. over the signs. You know, he's working yeah. on his curve. Going, it's not. It doesn't have like that going break over that he's been trying him, to get. Right? Yeah. No, right. he's playing FIFA. <laughs> you know, we <laughs> scrutinize everything he does, and I know I that care. most of it is fair. <laughs> but there is something to be said for having some downtime. And I was really thinking about this because I thought, you know, I feel like I thought the same thing. I thought, what a lazy piece of shit playing a video game at night. How dare he? Then I thought, oh wait. <laughs> 
even very motivated people do this. Even people who are more active do this. I don't care. I really yeah. don't. Right. I don't so, either. Uh, I'm just saying. So, okay, fine. So Minori walks in to the playroom and sees Makoto playing, and and wanted he she wanted to talk to him about something, and she was concerned with the timing of when he asked her out on the run and giving her uh, giving her the shoes and stuff like that. Right, because she says at first you indicated your interest in me, and you told me that you were going to ask me out, and so. There was some time that had passed, and he doesn't end up asking her out. And then he treats her differently as soon as Uchi takes her out, as soon Mm -hmm. as they have their nice state. And he admits, because I was jealous. It's pure, yeah, there's no sugarcoating, and he admits it uh, himself. It's funny to see him be so direct and honest, because we have seen how shady he is in the past, which is a large part of why we dislike him so much. And she ends it pretty clearly. She just says, if we hang out again, it's not because of any feelings that I have towards you. And I don't think it could have been much more clear. She said that he was just straight up avoiding her just because she she did not like that at all. That That seemed like a very, she was very turned off by that. And I don't blame her because if you say it's as simple as saying you're going to do something and then not doing it. So when you have emotions that are involved there, you need to follow through. And I think this is where actions are better than words. Because in in that case, in romance, words are empty. And when it comes to dates, if you care about them, you will ask them out. That's as simple as that. Yeah, It's as simple as that. And even if you don't know if you care about them, to see things are caused by action. So take that action, which is something, again, he cannot do because he's a lazy piece of shit, and we know this is not out of character for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really did like how Minori did just walked in and just said it like it was and just nipping it in the bud and just saying, I don't want to go out with you anymore. So there's that. Later on, it shows him in the boys' room, and he's talking to Uchi and Tap about it, and he says, now this is something else. I mentioned this last episode with the you can't fire me, I quit sort of thing. He says she dumped me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know his concept of I rejected her, she dumped me, you need to be dating someone to be dumped. They were not dating, she did not dump him. She said that she was not interested in him, that's not the same thing. He really was in a special place in his mind. It was a place that was truly his own, that wasn't rooted in reality, and yet again, he continues to frustrate. I'm sorry, I'm just laughing because like, I'm really trying to think of what I'm going to say next, and I... It just always comes to something like picking him apart, and I just don't want to keep doing that, and I feel really bad for our listeners. But uh, luckily, we won't have much more of this, so I'll I'll leave it at that. Look, there'll be someone else to pick apart. There's always going to be someone, I feel like that's why we're doing this. Exactly. Yeah, then we wouldn't have a podcast. Exactly. So we end up finding out that Minori gets the part for the girls' award. So hooray. Congratulations. Congratulations. And Uchi decides to push the relationship a little bit more forward. And I really liked how he approached it. He said, is there any way I can help? And that seemed very endearing. That seemed very genuine. It wasn't just like in like a way to appeal to her or anything like that. It was just genuine uh, wanting wanting to help. And even though he wanted to spend time with her, 
there is a bit of selfishness there, but not in a bad way because selfishness is not always a bad thing. It was clear that he was thinking about how it could be mutually beneficial for them in that he knows that she has this very important show coming up. Mm-hmm. And not only is he asking in a general sense, but he also has the skills because he's a hairdresser. So he can help her out in a very specific way. Yeah, yeah. He, Something know, directly related to her job. Right. And he offers his help. And Felix, this is where it gets hot. This this is so intimate. And are, I are we just going to skip to that? Because there's a scene in between. But I'm totally ready to put that... NSFW tag right now on this. You know, it's hard. My mind is already racing with these thoughts. <laughs> and I just, I'm going back. It's like going back to your first kiss. So, <laughs> before before we just keep rambling on about it and not actually talking about it, let's say what it was. So, Minori ends up going to Blast with a lowercase b, by the way. Lowercase b. Well, because they're cool, right? Yeah, it's, it's very trendy. Uh, and she goes for hair treatment and a head massage. Now, Jim, I have a question for you. Yes. As stated before in previous episode, we said that we were in Japan in January. We were. Why did not we go to this place to get this? Because it looks so relaxing and comfortable and everything under the sun with those words because jesus (laughs) it's a great scene it's an amazing scene well i shaved my head first of all so i really it doesn't matter in terms of a haircut (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, that's true but that i guess head massage and the treatment for your scalp i don't know it might have been nice to go but that connection i think that really made it seem that much better and when you have two people who obviously care about each other in Uchi and Minori and how close his head was to her head. And the ASMR too between the steam machine and the rubbing of the head with the hair and it just with the music too, the scene was so good. It was so good. I just wanted I it would have been completed if if you went in for a kiss, but obviously that would be moving too fast. But I mean, I mean we're probably all thinking about it, right? Like him making a move was. right there. That was great. I also, ASMR, that is audio sensory. What does that stand for? I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. Let's look it up right now because the good thing is that it's 2018. <laughs> Autonomous sensory meridian response. Okay, cool. And that's just, that, that refers to audio that is soothing, that makes you feel relaxed. Very common examples of it is crinkling paper. Like crinkling paper, how it can seem relaxing if it, there's nothing else but that sound. Or Jeff Goldblum talking in your ear. Or That's true. Like or that. Morgan Freeman. Oh, wait, can we say mm, <laughs> Maybe we can pump the brakes. Let's go with Jeff Goldblum, I think. I think he he's an untouchable. I hope. I hope. I hope. And by know, that, I mean, I hope he is not thing. a disgusting person. But we'll see because, hey, no one seems to be safe now, right? All right. This is, yeah. Yeah. Now... The scene, it was great. And I do want to point out that it seemed like Minori was wearing makeup when she went to get her hair done. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another sign about how she feels about Uchi. It wasn't a date, obviously, but she kind of treated it like one, I think, in the preparation. Yeah, it just... She looked nice. Yeah, no, she definitely did. What it, what I liked, 
again, with seeing these people in their everyday lives and especially their jobs. So to me, I think Minori watching Uchi work, she probably thought it was attractive because if I were to watch somebody that I'm interested in in like their everyday work, it's not like an office job or anything. It's it's him working with this machine with a head treatment and setting up, uh, working with all these tools and stuff like that. To me, that seems uh, very appealing as uh, like in a potential suitor. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's kind of like what we discussed last episode. Whenever someone is doing something that either they take a great deal of pride in or they're just good at, I think that's attractive and people do respond very positively to that most of the time. And Uchi has stated before that he he does take pride in his job. Right. It's very important to him. It's not just something he does. It is his career. It's yeah, not it's just, not just some job, part-time. It's his career. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was very good. So they really, that was a very nice scene with them. Now, the thing that we did skip over in terms of the chronological order of things in episode 10, was Yuriko and her ex. Tadamichi Kawano, MD. I'm glad you got his name because I just I had the ex written down. I didn't know his name, no, I got so you. thanks no, for I that, Safe. Now, they talk on the phone very briefly. She calls him. She seems pretty nervous, and it's the first time for me that I've, we've seen Yuriko be as vulnerable because even when she was talking about her ex in other episodes of course she was emotional about it but there was still sort of a matter-of-fact quality but you could tell i mean she really still has feelings for this guy she was nervous when she called him and it was she was very exposed when she was talking to him on the phone earlier this episode yeah and you you can see when it skips skipping to the actual meetup i don't can't really say it's a date right just a meetup for dinner or lunch or whatever you can see she lights up in the face, it's very clear, and she's definitely wearing her feelings on, on her sleeve from the uh, from the get. So their meetup ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. Uh, wait and, one second, Jim. Yep. Just, I just wanted to point out one more thing before yep. we moved on. Did you notice when they first, when Dr. Kawano, Kawano, Kawano? Kawano. Yeah, so I've Dr. Kawano. already, so you can say whatever. It's fine. <laughs> you're, you're just hating. Mm-hmm. So when, when the doctor shows up, and greets Yuriko, he says, oh, I thought you would have brought the Hepalese. So it seems like that was Yuriko's go-to move with guys. With <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I, I had to like I rewind it to, to catch it, but I, I definitely caught it the second time around. Yeah, that is interesting. It's something you can say she's very well prepared at the very least. So maybe it was Everybody has their go-to moves. Right, the right. go-to places to take first dates and stuff like that. So I don't think anything was wrong or negative on Utico for that. Yeah, that just seems to be her mo. And hey, that's better than showing up to a date already <laughs> drunk or something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, she yeah. comes prepared, so yeah, yeah, no, her. definitely, yeah. So good for her. So after that, we get to the end, and Makoto makes a surprising announcement. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> How will we live? How will we live? He is getting the fuck out of Dodge, and I am glad. (laughs) Look, I'm glad because his exit is coming at a good time. Look, he doesn't have everyone against him, Mm. but I think he messed up in his pursuit of Minori. And I think it's just, it's good for him with the baseball thing. He's trying to figure out what he wants to do. It seems like now, it seems natural that he'd be leaving at a time like this. 
So this also takes place in the playroom, and it's just with the guys, so Uchi and Tap. And he says that the season's coming to a close, and the last game was, I don't know, a, a date. And October 18th, maybe? 13th, 18th? No, okay. So, yeah. So that date. And so he said that he is after so he's done with baseball after this so, and so he'll be done after this game that he's probably not going to play in because he never actually practiced or anything like that so the game that he bench warmed i don't even know if he was a bench warm probably not i would imagine in college he's probably on the bench because it's not like there would be any sort of minor league that's that true to yeah go yeah to. okay so he's right. just riding the bench so we'll so we'll give him that see look there's a positive thing right at right. least he's well, on the bench when everyone gets a trophy, it's kind of hard to <laughs> praise so, it, right? So they, they cue the sad music, and Hinge, he started choking up. It didn't affect me this time. I was like, no, 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 no. You're not going to get me this time around. So I didn't get emotional, but I, he did end up saying he was inspired by the other two because they are independent, and he w- expressed that he wanted to strive towards that. And, yeah, I gave him a couple points for that. It was something nice to see. It was nice to see that it didn't seem like there were any hard feelings towards Uchi, which there shouldn't have been. But knowing how he's acted in the past, it wouldn't have been too surprising. It seemed very clean. It was very clean and he was very honest about why he was leaving. And it was nice. The guys seemed like they were pretty shocked, but they seemed to understand. And Tap especially because... As we know from very early on in the show's run, he is very goal-oriented, and he Mm -hmm. wants people to try to pursue their goals. So it seemed to him, it must have seemed very natural to him as well, because Makoto really didn't know what he was going to do. Because earlier in the show, when they had been talking, Tap had asked Makoto, well, if the baseball thing doesn't work out, if you can't go pro... What are you going to do? And he says, I haven't really thought about that yet. So this move, him leaving Terrace House, is going to give him a chance to think about what he's going to do. Mm -hmm. So very natural. And that's how 10 ends and no one shed any tears for our poor Makoto. (laughs) So let's get into 11. Right. And we open up with the show that Jim was waiting for. The model show, the girls' award. I knew, like, I know that you were waiting for it, so you finally got a taste. Um, you know what he's skill, right? What did you think? What did you? <laughs> what did you? What did you think? As a huge fan out of, of ten. Modeling. And listen <laughs> again, nothing against models. It's just to me, it's just something that I'm not interested in. You know, I'm not interested in surfing, but it's fine. It's just a thing. But listen, the show itself seemed pretty dope. But she, I she definitely talk killed about... it on the runway. I like. I don't know anything about modeling either, but I'm not an asshole, and I, you know, I Oof. actually do, you know, care about it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Such a good guy, Felix. <laughs> Felix, you're listen, my hero. Listen, I'm taking time for my patience to record mm-hmm. this podcast with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I. Uh, in all seriousness, she did seem like she killed it uh, on the on the runway. It seems fun be- and also pretty crowded too. I, we didn't really get a good shot of the crowd, um, but it, it was pretty loud with with the music and you hear cheering and and some uh, some other stuff. But it, it, it seems pretty pretty packed. So yeah, I was surprised. I when we meet the some of the women and 
well, by some, I guess I just mean Munody because she's the only model. Sometimes you hear that people are models or actors and you don't really know how big they are or even how serious they are about it in some cases or what they're actually doing to try to pursue that. But Girls Award really, it did seem like a big deal. And because it's 2018 and we have smartphones, Girls Award is a semi-annual fashion and music event held at Yoyogi National Gymnasium <laughs> in Tokyo, Japan. See? <laughs> So I'm reading that off of Wikipedia, so it's okay. it's legit if it has a Wikipedia page, Are you page, sure it's right? Wikipedia and not just straight from your head? <laughs> no, I got my phone right in front of me, so that's what it is. Yeah, as you said, she had a great walk. She killed it on the runway, and just before she turned, she had that smile that lit Ooh, up the entire place, yeah. and, and not Uchi only, even commented yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You get a shot of Uchi, and you can tell that he definitely felt that one. He did, because it's he's in the back, and he's watching the monitor very intently but the smile i think that really triggered something in him Mm -hmm. in a positive Mm -hmm. way and that was the hook line and sinker for me with them yeah yeah that definitely seems like uchi from his feelings and he's like all right maybe right then and there he's probably like all right i got i can't let this girl go that was great. And a part of him coming to that conclusion was the lovely Sena. A Sena, yeah, yeah. Who was also modeling for the show? It seemed that way because she was Uchi in the was makeup doing room. Her hair a little bit. She was in the makeup room. And Sena is a former house member on Terrace mm-hmm. House. On the first run of Terrace House, Terrace House, Boys and Girls Next Door, which is not on U.S. Netflix, unfortunately. Unfortunately. So Sena's back there, and she's talking to both Minori and Uchi, and it's funny because they're in a pretty close proximity to one another. Yeah, she's they're just to right Minori next to each other. Uchi, yeah. And she's like, oh, so what do you think? Did Uchi say anything? And she's like, he's right there. And you kind of see him. You can tell he's trying to listen in a little bit. It's, yeah, yeah. He's trying to be real slick about it. I think the exact question she asked was, are you in love? Oh, yeah, she did. Yeah, that that is exactly what she said. <laughs> And I haven't watched the first season, but you can already get a taste of her personality, which is just super in, like, in your face. It was great. And, you know, it reminded me of Kurumi, Minori's sister, from episode 9. Who's that? Terrace House. Who is is that, Jim? I don't know. Oh, oh, Kurumi is uh, in that goddess tier with Mizuki (laughs) there, and I don't know which one. You know, they're both great in their own ways, and it's, it's not fair to compare. They're both just amazing. Fair enough. And, it, yeah, so Sana was very reminiscent of Kurumi in the directness, the unflinching, rapid-fire bluntness of her speech and of her questions. And I would be lying if I said that I didn't think that that helped Uchi. I'm sure her words really stuck with him. And when he was watching her walk on the monitor during the fashion show, I'm sure he was thinking about what Sana was saying because he's very... As I said before, he mentions the smile, and he's really complimentary of Minori. He says she did a great job, and they make dinner plans mm-hmm. for that same night. Even though Santa seemed, at first, too forward. Ooh, watch she your had... tongue, Felix. <laughs> she, she, she ended up helping when it was just she relayed the message exactly what she was speaking with Minori um, to Uchi just when it was just the two of them when they were outside and around like the audience area. And with people like that, I do agree. She did seem a bit forward. But I think with people like that in general, I mean, you've encountered people who I'm sure are Mm -hmm. very forward in life. And they can be very blunt and they say exactly what they mean. And you may come away from it. Your immediate reaction might be, well, that person was rude or that was Mm -hmm. uncalled for. But you think about it. 
mm-hmm. and sometimes you find that there is truth in what they're saying and then you may carry out some version of the advice that they may have given to you solicited or not in your own way i think it only worked out for me seeing like thinking it was okay because they minori and uchi i'm now dubbing uchinori is my ship name Ooh, I like uh, that. Yeah, so their relationship is already progressed enough. If it was in the beginning stages, that wouldn't fly. Like, I don't think that would, would have been cool uh, a little bit too much. But because they were already further into the relationship, as obviously not like boyfriend and girlfriend, I just mean like relationship as two people, um, as a future couple, hopefully, is what we're getting at. Uh, I think that it was okay with Santa's intervention. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, people talk about timing was, on this she was, show It was constantly. just luck. It was just luck because, you know, obviously she didn't... I don't know. Maybe she could have known because she probably watches. Right. I think she but, says that she watch, watch, uh, has been watching uh, that season. Right. And even with that gap there, because I'm sure there was, you know, there's probably a three, four episode gap between what is available and what is being recorded in Japan if it gets released weekly, which I think it does in japan yes there was maybe just a bit of guesswork on her part and a bit of i don't give a fuck this is what i think this is what i'm gonna say i'm saying a deal with it which is awesome so they have pasta and then later on makoto leaves and no one cares but then the new guy comes in (laughs) wait a second hold on i gotta back you up for just a little bit you want to talk about this just i want to i just want to say all right my closing argument my closing peace with makoto as much as we shat on him it was kind of nice that he wrote everybody a letter and I, i'm not gonna lie his going away when they cue the same exact music that they played in the playroom when it was just the guys when he was oh, it's the same track it's the same track it kind of got me i'll I'll, get, I'll give him that and then you know that's that's fun but fuck that new guy yes so the new guy so this new guy he couldn't be more different from anyone else in the house. And I'm very, very excited to talk I was about so happy Armand when I, Bitaraf. Yeah, I was so happy. I don't it, it it just made me so excited. I was just like, ooh, let's I can't wait to see him interact with, with the other housemates. I know. I mean, let's talk about it. He's American. Mm-hmm. He's tatted up. Yes, he's definitely tatted up. He, he's half Japanese. He's not full. Which people He's love I, to point out, which was interesting to me because, I don't know, that seemed a little bit rude, but maybe cultural thing, seem, they're not used to it, I guess. I don't know. It, it, yeah, it's definitely every single encounter that he has with people, especially in these two episodes, comes to, like, are you half? Right. Which I, I guess you have to ask, I think, because... I know it is just basing on looks, but also the fact that he's so fluent in Japanese, which both parties, both uh, the uh, kickboxing coach and uh, Uchi point out. And I think they're probably not used to seeing people who do not look like they're fully Japanese, mm-hmm. speaking Japanese so well. He's he's half Japanese, half Iranian. Just Yes, correct. As, as recap. Yes, born and raised in Japan, lived there until he was 10, moved to Hawaii, and he came back to Japan just for Terrace House. But I will point out this aspiring firefighter is hot as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I have it down written over two lines of my notebook, hot AF. 
Here's and I'm not going to lie. first crush on Terrace House. I, no, I actually think so. He's, he's a very, very attractive man. He is. And what I like about him personality-wise that, we, that we've seen is that he seems to be simultaneously very chill, mm-hmm. but also intense in a way. And it might just be his look. I feel like he kind of... When he's speaking to people, he has he looks at them directly. Mm-hmm. There's the eye contact. Full attention, yeah. Yeah, he's not messing around on his phone. It could just be him being very polite, but there's there's that sort of quiet intenseness yeah, that I, is very interesting. I I would like to put it as laid back yet engaging. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. And we see him. He comes over. I mean, he flies into Japan, and then the next day he gets to the Terrace House. Mm-hmm. And he gets there, and they get he gets the, oh, are you half Japanese? With with Uchi, Yuriko, and Minori. Right, because Mizuki is not there, and mm-hmm. she quickly comes up because Yuriko immediately asks him about his relationship status, and he says he's single, and he talks about what he likes. When there he's first your, talking about... Uh, your cocktail party small talk. right. But what I like about him was that when he began to talk about it, when Yuriko asked him what his type was, he began with a mature, or not not mature, I'm sorry, or was it mature? Yeah, it was cute Cute and mature. mature. And I was thinking, okay, well, you and everyone else, right, big mm-hmm. deal. But then he talks about how he likes someone who's outdoorsy, and immediately they all say that Mizuki is like that, and they'd yeah. be perfect. How'd you feel? And How'd you feel great. about that? I was torn... Because Armand seems like such a cool guy, he does. I you can't you can't you can't hate on him. If all of a sudden Makoto came in and was like, "Oh, just kidding, I'm staying," and Mizuki goes, "Thank God, I needed you to stay because I'm in love with you," we wouldn't be doing this podcast anymore because I'd be done. I'd be doing it in anti Terrace House podcast if that were the case. But Armand and Mizuki seem like there there is some potential there. There's a lot of potential there. And so they have that initial discussion, and it seems like it goes pretty well. And when he finally does meet her, they have a really nice first talk at, in the morning. Yeah, yeah they, they definitely do. She compliments his shirt, and he compliments back on her turtleneck. And just like the host point out, but it definitely seemed like a really nice morning. You know, just the, it seemed the, the sun was beaming in, so it seemed really nice and chill. And the white kitchen it just seemed it was a very, that was a very also a pretty good scene too it was a great scene yeah but before, backing up just a little bit adachi comes home into and comes back into their room and just sees this random dude sitting on where makoto slept and um they kind of talked about it. so actually to edit in media res there was the three parties that already just addressed like asking like half are you half i know that I can't apply American cultural standards mm-hmm. to a different country. And I know that because we have so many different ethnicities of people in the U.S., we... It's a lot more not, common. Right. And I think a reason why it's considered rude is just because we have a serious history of racism yeah. and discrimination. And I'm not saying that Japan doesn't, but what I'm saying is that they're not known as that melting pot country that the mm-hmm. U.S. is. And so anytime you have a chance to identify someone, that could open the door for discrimination. So yeah. if you say, oh, I didn't know you were half this thing or half that thing, and then the idea is that you might be treated differently 
with this newfound knowledge that you're half this or a quarter of that or you're a certain religion or you're gay or whatever the case may be. And in a country like Japan, 98.5% of the people are Japanese. I don't know what that says in terms of discrimination. I am not Japanese myself, so I, I don't claim to be an expert or even have an intermediate knowledge of what it's like over there being non-Japanese, and maybe it doesn't have that sort of baggage that asking a question like that in the U.S. does. So would you mind, because I wanted to ask you about your experiences, you're half white and half black yourself. Yes. So did you have any like kind of insight with how that interaction goes with with like strangers or meeting people for the first time and people pointing out right away, right away oh, are you half or... Oh, I didn't know you were half white, or I didn't know you were half black. I've gotten both of those things. Um, it's usually more I didn't know that mm -hmm. you were half, and it's interesting because as a kid, kids often speak what's on their mind. Yeah, there's no and filter. they're very open, right? There's no filter because they don't have the societal norms drilled into their heads yet. But as a child, I remember very specific instances where I would be asked directly upon meeting someone and then in some cases I had some jokes made at my expense or sometimes I felt that I was treated a bit better than maybe say someone who was full black because of the way I looked of my heritage and it's uncomfortable. I mean, it's very it's very uncomfortable to have to deal with that. Because as soon as someone begins to treat you differently because they learn something about your background or again, your religion or your sexual orientation, that is what defines you to mm -hmm. that person. Well, at least until they get to know you better, right? It's like the, it's their immediate first impression that they can't shake. Right. And I think the older I got, the more I realized if someone is going to make jokes or constant references about my background, that's not something, or I'm sorry, that's not someone that I really want to get to know that well. Yeah, yeah. that's just that. not just applying to people who are mixed. I, I That's just people, I think any minority also like those, I, I don't want to go too much into this because we're, we, this can be a whole nother podcast. I'm talking about this type of stuff, but the jokes that people think it's okay to make at, at like your race at your race's expense or it. Yeah. It's not cool. Especially. And listen, for me, I can take some jokes, but when it comes to jokes about my parents, mm -hmm. which I have received my fair share of that really sets me off. Yeah. You know, a part of it is look, they're not even here and if they were here, you wouldn't be saying these things. But joking about my parents and how they met and what they're into, you know? Yeah. It's not yeah. some experiment. You know, people can fall in love and different people can fall in love that you may not think belong together or that you may not think is natural. And again, this applies to many people of different faiths, people who are LGBTQ people have an idea of who should be with who mm -hmm. across many you can slice that many different ways yeah and 
you know, I actually thought of a way that we can bring this around. I'm going to skip a, ahead a little bit, but just thinking about it just now, I didn't have this in my notes or anything, but when Armand goes to the kickboxing classes, um, he meets with Miyagi, who's his trainer. Like, apparently he's a kickboxing champion himself, so Armand wanted to train with him. Uh, but he had an assistant, I believe. I'm not sure who was a, also on Terrace House, like the first season. Oh, I the trainer it. slash comedian, right? Yes, the the Ipe? slash comedian. Yes, Ipe? was that his name? Ipe? Mm-hmm. I forget if that's his first name or his last name. Yeah, him. He st- he was making jokes. He's like, "Oh yeah, you're all over the place. You're speaking Japanese. You're doing kickboxing, like Muay Thai, and also Iranian. Like I don't know where to like start." And Something like that. I, I don't know. At first, at first watch, I guess, doesn't seem too bad. But just talking to you about it with these jokes that he's probably heard many times in his li- in his twenty four years of life, or you know what I mean, in his life, it probably could get old and annoying. To me, it wasn't so much that he was trying to insult Armand because I don't think that was the case. No, 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 neither. Yeah, but it's, to him, it's just how he can take it, though. Right. When you talk about the jokes, how many times has he heard, and even in Hawaii, which is, from my understanding, a lot of different ethnicities live in Hawaii, and people, you have a lot of multiracial people in Hawaii, but someone like him might not be too uncommon like Armand might not be too uncommon in Hawaii but I'm sure yeah there have been jokes made at his expense before and I think as you said it's just a matter of it being old and it's yeah I do these things and kind of the joke is that hey I I would expect you to do these things based on your background and you don't or even the fact that you have this you know this this interesting background because that's that's what it was to Ipe it's interesting and so it's confusing because you do these things and you kind of go against this idea that I have of someone like you in my head yeah so yeah it must just be old for him and yeah the, the that, that's that's kind of inferring a lot let's yeah, think about it but I just definitely did want to you know thank you for sharing that I, I didn't want to put you on the spot or anything that's why I kind of approached it slowly um, yeah it's fine yeah, but I thought it would be a pretty cool um, talking point to... Not pretty cool, pretty interesting uh, talking point to bring back to the show. Yeah, yeah, and I... But thank you I, for sharing. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, okay, so let's bring it... Uh, let's back up a little bit. Yep. Uh, Armin's hot as fuck. Pretty, <laughs> really cool personality. Already you can tell the dynamic t- between the members is a lot better than it was with what was his name again um uh, i don't know baseball guy okay who cares what his name is (laughs) yes okay so it's a lot better it's a lot better without makoto uh it seems uh, the whole group because armand showed up like the the dynamic seems to flow a lot better at least to me in just these couple episodes yeah it's nice while he and mizuki are talking he asks her, not only do they have a, a great conversation, but he asks her if she was a model, mm-hmm. which, which I thought was great. And I thought, look, even if you didn't mean that to be a come on, that probably made her feel like a million bucks. That, yeah. that yeah, was yeah, yeah. awesome. It's a great compliment. So after the wonderful morning scene, we go to dinner. 
uh, with all six members, and Yuriko drops a huge bomb about Kawano Sensei, and she goes through the whole story about how she met up, and apparently Adachi didn't know, and he he was pretty shocked about her confessing to her ex, and it seems like he also started crying a little bit too, even before she dropped the bigger bomb which is that she's going to leave after her exam. Yeah, it's a pretty big bomb for Tap, and you kind of feel bad for him, but it is what it is, and you know, we'll have to see what happens with her ex. Before we get into episode 12, I want to point out that young boy commentator on the panel. Did you see what he was wearing this episode? He looked like fucking Big Bird. <laughs> yeah, he's... And also, did you notice he doesn't talk that much, and his only expression is to puff up his cheeks like a like he has marshmallows in his in his mouth. Him and Todi-chan have that same yeah, sort of expression, yeah, right? Where they just they kind of breathe in and just go and like just puff up the cheeks and like exhale out of the nose. What is that? It's annoying, is what it is. <laughs> um, I don't know why he does it. I'm guessing Tori-chan does it because it's... I feel like it's probably part of an image that she tries to cultivate. Because notice how they, when the commentators talk about these risque things, you often covers her ears and says, oh, we have to protect our young tori right? She seems to be, to be very protective of her in that sense. So for me, it must be an image thing if she has like an idol image or something. Well, I, I don't know. I don't. It's like an innocent thing. I think that it's just how everybody has their own, not ticks, but like, what would you say? Well, I don't think it's a tick. I, I mean, I think no, no, just I'm what just, I said, no, I think no, it's, no, no, an, no. it's an image thing. Yeah, but I'm saying everybody has their own thing that they do. Like me, some I crack my knuckles when I get like nervous. I, I sometimes I chew my tongue. Like it's like, it's like stuff like that. I think it's just something that she just grew up doing and that's just how it, that's just how she is. Felix, I love your optimism. Okay. It's really no 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm not being sarcastic. It is good. It is good, and you we sound need so it. condescending anyway. Point. So. I know it's, it's my voice. I can't help it. Point and counterpoint. It's great. Okay. It's All a beautiful right. balance. Okay. Okay. All so right. Big Bird and the rest of the commentators <laughs> are having a good time, but we get into episode twelve. In episode twelve, we see Armand on his job interview. Yeah. Um, so as I stated before. And also in earlier the episode, uh, previous episode, he states that he once he was trained to be a firefighter in Hawaii. So that's his whole thing is aspiring firefighter as his job, quote unquote. Um, but in the meantime, he was going to teach English part time, which also seemed pretty cool. Also in the previous episode, Uchi and Minori and Yuriko, when they're like, "Oh, you can teach us English," and they, I don't know, it just made me really happy that dynamic. Between uh, the three of them, it was an instant bonding thing. Yeah, and yeah, it was no, nice that's to see yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we talk about what people do, their goals, and he's talking about his, but this is something he can immediately. Not even that you need an excuse or a reason. I shouldn't say excuse. A reason like that to be friends with someone. You shouldn't look at at a friendship as well. What can I get out of this? But hey, if you're living with someone and they happen to do something or maybe play an instrument or speak a language that you want to learn, it's great. And so there's a lot of bonding that I think can happen with Armand and the rest of the house members. Yeah. 
So it was nice. So the job interview seemed to go well. It seemed, you know, fingers crossed for him. Hopefully he gets it. Um, then later on, we see the Uchinori date at the Daiba, which is a really cool part of Tokyo that has a giant Gundam. It's now the Unicorn Gundam, right? Yeah. So cool. Oh, it's amazing. It's so it's big. It's so cool. Seeing pictures of it, it's just like, okay, whatever. It's just the whatever. But in person, it's super, super cool. That, that was so much fun visiting it. It was great. We were there. It changes at five o'clock, right? That's when it. Yeah, it has up a bunch. And... It has a bunch of different show times, where sometimes it plays the original Gundam theme, um, or uh, the other one was they played the uh, Gundam Unicorn theme, and it would change colors, light up, transform, which was dope. The face would ch- uh, transform, and that was really cool. Yeah, that was so Super cool. cool. So Uchinori have their date in Odaiba, and it goes really well. Um, I want to say they eat a lot of fancy food on the show. I wonder what the food budget is like on on Terrace House. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. I was thinking about doing a little bit of research into like, do they get stipends or something like that? I don't know. They but have yeah, they these de- places. Are yeah, expensive. they were eating at yeah that uh, the Adachi and Yuriko date where they're eating at a fancy place after the Blue Note. There's a lot of really, really fancy places on this show. Yeah, it's nice to see. I guess no one wants to see anyone going to McDonald's. I mean, I would. getting a burger. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, okay, hopefully we so can see that more. <laughs> We've established that. Yeah, okay, so it's just like, yeah, nobody wants to see that. Oh, wait a second. Yeah, 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 we would. <laughs> yeah, I so, totally see it. going on in further into the episode, we, we see Uchi trying, trying to gauge Minori's, how she's feeling about uh, him so with this date right yeah because he confesses to her right mm-hmm. at the end of the date and she returns his affections however she says that she's not too sure about taking it further because one it's moving kind of fast for her and two she says that at times she feels like she was just the best one of all three women and I really liked how Uchi didn't push it any further at the end of the date, which we find out later in the episode when he's recapping it with the guys in the in their room. He wanted to say at that point where she was like, I don't want it to be just one of the best one of three. He wanted to say, no, you're the best one in the world for me. And he felt that was kind of cliche or that would have came off wrong. The timing wasn't right. And that was smart of him because I think that's how she could have taken it at that time because she's still trying to sort through her feelings. And, you know, I just wanted to say that was a plus one for me for Uchi. I agree that it was good that he didn't try to pursue it any further, that he didn't try to push it any further with Minori. However, I read when he mentioned not wanting to say that you're the best one in the world for me, I read it, and I don't want to say it's cynical because I, I, I truly don't think it is here, I interpreted that as him saying, listen, I haven't really known you for that long. I'm still getting to know you, and I didn't want to say that. Either way, it's a good pace that he's he, that they're taking it. I agree. I think, yeah, it's a good pace. You know, there's not a... And they didn't kiss yet. I don't know if listen, that's Uchi not a good Nori thing. will sail. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see it. Yeah, but right now I think that's not a good thing. That's not a bad thing. It's just... It's it's fine, because they both know how they feel about each other, and that's that. So and speaking of ships... Yes. Are we, we going back to boats? Yes. Okay. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Nope. Moving forward, we actually see another 
cute date, cute as fuck date, as I also put in my notes, with Mizuki and Armin. And they seem to have a hell of a time. They did, like, another one of those perfect dates I see in the show. Uh, it's, like, probably already, like, my favorite. They had an amazing time. It was so we, natural. We really mm-hmm. see Mizuki... We had discussed earlier that she is... She seems to be the career woman, and she's very responsible, and she has that mature vibe, as many of the other house members have pointed out. But she really seemed like she was able to let go and yeah. have a good time. She just, just be like herself she was... and exactly. just have fun. Yeah. So they, they go to the temple. They do, um, I guess, whatever ceremony that they do at this temple where they wash their money, they're cleaning their money. She was explaining to how to do it and stuff like that. And he was just very receptive. As we, as we said, that's a part of his personality. Then what I really liked was she was suggesting clothes for him to try on in that one store after they ate. And he was just trying on clothes. I'm just like, this is like textbook awesome date status. Uh, I really liked it. And to top it all off, they would hit the ocean, taking pictures. It was like, just seemed like super, super fun. And at this point, I already think that they're like, this ship already passed Uchinori. Like, I think they've already like, it seems like they're like on their way to surpass like progression of, uh, into a relationship just right here. Yeah, and I think a big part of that has to do with their personalities. I mean, we saw how forward Uchi was. We know that part of his personality. Minori seems a little more wishy-washy and maybe not as certain in some of the actions and words that she does and says, respectively. But Armand was pretty direct in asking Mizuki out, and Mizuki was pretty receptive. Very receptive, She seems yes. like the go-getter, and yeah, I think they're, they're more similar. They mesh very well. They mesh very, very well. Right, and some people say opposites attract, and some people say it has to be similar, and both of those things are true. It just, it matters whether or not you get along with the person. Yeah. Because, again, both of those things can be true for different cases and in their case they do seem like they're pretty similar and it it was nice they had a really good time together and i'm with you i do think i'm investing in this one uchinori yeah this this has to happen i'm i will come up with a name for the boat probably next episode and i'll get back to you guys yeah i'm not that creative so that's all you (laughs) but i trust you'll have leave the portmanteaus to me there we go yeah so it's going to be nice. Uh, before we get to the very end of this episode and of our episode, just two quick things I want to point out about Armand. Now, he he comes in, and we talked about that sort of quiet intensity that he has, and you put it so well. You said that he's very quiet, but he's engaged, right? I, I think that's what you said. Yeah. He's been given this great advice. I mean, he yeah, listens yeah, to Uchi yeah. and to Minori. And what's great about his advice, so he's in the living room with Minori and Mizuki, and he tells Minori, Uchi just seems like the kind of guy who might want there to be the right time. He might want it to be a romantic setting before he tries to really escalate things and really comes out and tells you how he feels. And maybe that's what the issue is. Then later on, it shows him in the boys' room, and he says to Uchi, listen, I think you're like that. I used to be like that, but I realized that sometimes you just have to go for it. And again, with the actions, he's like, you just have to go for it, even if the setting is less than ideal. You just have to go for it. So he really, he's not playing anyone there. He's not giving them different advice. The advice he gives Ushi is almost a continuation of the advice that he gives to Minori. Mm-hmm. It's a really good, solid 
narrative of advice yes. that he has there. And it's, it's not really like cohesive. some mis- like whispered down the lane bullshit as seen before. It's it's just just genuine advice, just very straightforward and pretty well constructed advice. Yeah, it's really nice. And the last thing about Armand, I'm sure we'll be talking about him much, much more. Hopefully he doesn't let us down like the guy whose name we forgot already. But when he goes to the kickboxing gym, mm-hmm. Daiki, who is his instructor, is working with this older woman who's on a stationary bike. And she's really close. The whole time they're practicing kickboxing, she's just there on her bike, just pedaling <laughs> away. She is getting just a visual feast watching Armand just go to town on those oh, pads. weren't we she all? She was loving it. Well, weren't yes, we all? yes, uh, yes, <laughs> so we all we're were. Coming, we're, coming, we're coming up on time. This episode ends with Yuriko at Cafe Chillax, which is the actual name of this place, about to get murked by her ex-boyfriend, <laughs> who is definitely going to reject her. You know he is. He was it, not happy. It, it was definitely left on a cliffhanger. She, so she tries again to... Gives him a little bit more ammunition, I would say, saying I'm leaving Tara's house because it wouldn't be fair to my patients or fair to my. It wouldn't feel right living at Tara's house and like seeing patients, and it leaves it all like it's very dreary out too, right? It's like rainy and in the background, and it just like I'm sorry, it was so awkward when it just like when she says that and just like, i was i would like to hear your feelings or basically confessing and it just zooms <laughs> like on his face and there's like a full like five seconds of silence and him just staring and then it does the closing door sound i was it was pretty awkward it's not good it is not gonna go well for her the first sign for me that shit was over for her was the first words that he says when he enters the scene are it's wet <laughs> what, what does that have to do with anything because he just does not want to be there it's oh, like when okay. you're looking around and saying right. oh you know that small talky weather stuff oh it's gonna rain because y- you probably don't want to say anything of substance <laughs> to the person I, I, okay i think you're reading too much into no no into the, no this sensei. is this is exactly what sensei your beloved sensei is thinking so that's that so that's (laughs) what happened these episodes there you go so with every at the end of every episode we'd like to pick an mvp slash mbl uh so do you have any choices mizuki for mvp mizuki this is why now the thread the common thread throughout all these episodes was mizuki Asking people how their day was, giving advice, doing Yuriko's hair. No one asks her how she's doing. She helps Minori get ready for Girls Award. That's true. She listens to yeah. her all the time. She listens to Minori. She helps talk record about. and everything like that. Yes, yeah, she helps record. They're up past midnight, walking outside near the pool. I definitely, I definitely peep the time too. Yeah. Yeah, it's late as hell, and Mizuki. We, it might be a weekend, so she may not have work, but still, to be up mm. just recording someone walk in a straight line, she's doing it because she's a good person, and she wants to help her friend do well in Girls Award. She talks to Armand, she's there, she listens, and she asks, she's engaging, and she hopefully has found true love in our Lord and Savior, Armand Bitaroff. And she AKA, is there. A.K.A. Hot AF. Yes. And she does it, and it's kind of a thankless job. Because, yeah. again, I didn't I, remember a single instance of anyone asking her 
how her day was or how she was doing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. At least what was recorded. Right. My original MVP was going to be Armin because of what he's done for the house and and the flow of things w- with the relationships with everybody and just as like a family, a household. But because of what you just said, I, I will actually change my vote also to Mizuki with like the go. whole helping helping Minori with practice with walking. She's great. Before we wrap up, we have a little bit of housework to do just with our social media. It'll be a lot easier for you guys to get your feed if, if you're not using any specific podcast listening app. So I will start cleaning up the uh, social media pages as in the Facebook and the Twitter. So that's going to be our main avenues to tell you guys uh, new episodes will be launched. So real quick, you can find all of those at touristhouse.simplecast.fm. Check it out. Yeah, please do. Uh, that's F is in Frank, M is in Mary. So just uh, follow us. Give us a follow there, please. Uh, and if you could, you know, if you like what you hear and you want to help promote us that'd be greatly appreciated uh, if you know any other fans of the show or if even if they're not a fan of the show yet i think this is a great start and uh, a great tool for them to start watching along with you so and if you do, do like our podcast we found another one that covers boys and girls in the city oh, as well yeah. it's called terrace neighbors it's really good i think they have very good insight so please give them a listen as well again that's terrace neighbors all right, folks, thank you so much for listening to episode four of Tourist House, where we covered episodes 10 through 12 of Terrace House. Please join us next time for episode five, where we will cover episodes 13 through 15 of Terrace House. Until next time, this is Jim. This is Felix. Thanks for listening. Peace.